I could kick you out right now, I guess. Just boot you right out of the stream. See, we just had a perfect little start on the run again, Ryan. How you like that? I mean, that's all, that's I'm used to it at this point. There's no like, there's no intro. There's no like. It's just like we're just continue our conversation. And here we are. Boom. Twenty that's seconds I'm in. Yeah, I'm 100% gonna be the dad that just throws his kids into the deep end and is like, you gotta, you you gotta start swimming. Because sink or swim, your sink choice. Or swim. That's how I like to start these podcasts. You either just start talking or you're dead in the water right off the bat. So that's how we do it around here. But for the viewers at home, noticing a nice little background for us, you can see a little pig behind Ryan. Nice little Anthony Bourdain <laughs> quote behind me. You mean a pig to my to my left? It looks behind you in my... No, I wasn't talking about the background. Oh, nice, nice. Look, he just yeah. burnt me. Boom. He just burnt me live. Boom. Wow. But we are at Big Rig's Barbecue in Monroeville, PA. And I got to say, dude, I've been here one time before, and it was phenomenal. So I was very excited when somebody nominated it for a hidden gem because it gave me an excuse to come back. And we Don't just say somebody. Give them a shout out, bro. You know what? They, de they deserve a huge shout out, actually, because it was the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. So shout Pittsburgh out nerd at, at Pittsburgh Nerd on Twitter nominated it. So Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast, awesome. We appreciate you immensely. That was fantastic. Um, Big Rigs delivers in every way. You know, I've seen people posting about Big Rigs on Twitter for a while, and some people said some stuff that sounded crazy. Like, I've been, you know, I lived in Texas my whole life and have been to the Carolinas, and this is the best barbecue I've ever eaten in my life. And of course, Texas barbecue to me is like a step above everything else. They just it, it just hits different in Texas, as the kids say, Ryan. But Big Rigs, man, they're on point. I got to say, I've eaten a lot of barbecue. And I've eaten a lot of bad barbecue in Pittsburgh, unfortunately. This is not that. This is authentic, delicious, not there's nothing crazy about it. It's like salt and pepper, all natural. You know what I'm saying? The well, let's see how, how much you have your, your stuff to get, upload any of those pictures yet so you can show no, people and not just I have tell to, them. Dude, I have to give them a reason to watch on Monday when we do our review. Can't just spoil the goods. I can't you just can spoil the goods. What about the teaser? Like, just give flat, like, blur pictures or something. Like, the pictures Ooh. you took versus the pictures I took. Like... So the good ones versus the bad. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That, no. Okay, hang on. I can probably do this real fast on the fly. Well, let me pretend like we, we aren't doing that and we're talking about cool stuff. As you people log in, in case you missed it, we are at Big Rigs Barbecue in Monroeville, PA, for this live podcast. We are excited uh, we have, we're just a couple weeks away, three and a half weeks away from um, a huge show. We're going to have a guest with us um, that's going to be a major, major part of the, of the show. So you're going to have to hang in to learn all about this, uh, about this young man. And, uh, but as we broadcast live from Big Rigs, you know, the, the, it's a nice little quaint place here. They're super friendly staff. The food is unbelievable, like unbelievable. We got the um, family platter, or what's it called? Big Rigs family platter. It's like the small of the 
of the two platters. It's supposed to serve two to four people. It can easily serve like a family of four. Maybe not like four adults, but easily a family of four. Um, yeah. So much food, so good. Um, the platter comes with like every meat they have, like a quarter pound of all the meats. Oh, it's absolutely unbelievably good. It really is. So that was a quarter pound of brisket, baby back ribs, pork belly, pork belly burnt ends, cheddar jalapeno kibasi, turkey. Um, the loaded twice fried potatoes were absolutely insane. It's like twice fried potatoes topped, excuse me, topped with cheese, jalapeno peppers, maybe Fresno peppers, brisket. Um, insane. Everything here is insane, so, guys. Yeah. So there's a couple reasons why we decided to do this, you know, hidden gems series, hidden gem series, and. One of the reasons was because we love food. Like we were like, oh, let's do podcasts. Like, oh, well, after the podcast, we'll go have lunch, blah, blah, blah. And we just said, let's combine the two and do it together and have a cool place to do the podcast from. But ultimately, like the real reason we liked it is because when COVID happened, our business started in 2019. We were hit hard by it and it was financially crippling and we barely stayed in business. And that was the exact same thing for the restaurant industry and especially the mom family-owned, uh, independently-owned food places throughout Pittsburgh, throughout the whole country. So, you know, it's real easy to pick up and go to, you know, Luth, you know, Lone Star Steakhouse and all those things. But, like, these places that put their, like, lives and devoted their lives and put all their savings and all this stuff into starting their own business were just absolutely decimated. And so there are a lot of awesome, amazing places throughout Pittsburgh. And we wanted to hit up some of these spots, like have people nominate these spots and just say, Hey, listen, like if you're in this area or you want to make a trip to a great place, like we're going to review some of these places and give you our honest assessment of them. Um, we're not going to sugarcoat it and we don't need to most of the time. Cause these, we, we got nominated like, some phenomenal places and we've sifted through them and said like, these are the places we want to check out for sure. And I love, I just want to point out, I got to roast you real quick that when you were trying to think of like a national chain restaurant, that Lone Star Steakhouse was the first place you thought of. Well, That's I know beautiful. the first place I thought of was, was Ruth Chris is I almost said Ruth Chris. And then I said Lone Star. So nice. Heather. That's a good pivot. That's a good pivot. We have, our guest has arrived though. So I'm going to check this guy in. We're really excited to talk to him. It's going to be a new face for listeners out there. So welcome. Welcome to the show, Devin Loza. I hope I said it right. How was that? That's all right. Loza it is. Loza. Okay, I like that. That's a little more flair than I gave it. I'll do better next time, man. Don't worry. <laughs> no worries, man. How are you guys doing? <clears throat> doing really well. How about you, dude? How's everything up? up north in Canada. It's great, great man. It's green camps going amazing. I just can't wait to get down to Pittsburgh and put on a show for the fans. Have you ever been down to Pittsburgh before? Never. I've actually never been in that area. Like been to obviously Toronto is pretty close to there. Like I've been all around there, but I actually haven't been south of the border anywhere in that area. So it's going to be a new experience. That's awesome. What do you think of Pittsburgh? Like, do you have any 
preconceived expectations of Pittsburgh? Like, what do you think of when you think of Pittsburgh? Uh, I just, I don't know, actually, someone where I'm from is Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. And I asked someone that I know around the gym, just saying, like, has anyone been there? Like, and someone kind of described it like a bigger Thunder Bay. You know, it's just a hard work in town, you know, just friendly people. That's what I'm expecting. You know, I all I really know from there is the hockey teams, Pittsburgh Penguins, football, stuff like that. That's all I really know of it. So I guess we're going to find out soon. That's awesome. So hockey, obviously, are you a big hockey fan? I mean, I played as a kid growing up, obviously, in Canada. That's what we do. But uh, I don't really follow it much anymore. I'm just more more into fighting. That's about it. That's awesome, dude. I mean, obviously, the Pens are a good connection. I should have thought of that. You should know the Pittsburgh Penguins, right? They're like half Canadians on the team anyway, so yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> Just like most NHL teams, so. Right. Canada rules the world in hockey, man. What, what position did you play when you played? Oh, no, did he freeze? I played forward. Oh. I played till I was, like, just thinking. Nice. I don't know if he froze. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll get we'll get to the fight, Devin, while we got you so we can slide into that. I mean, yeah. this is a, a big opportunity for sure, man. You coming off a defeat in your in your pro debut, but man, you look yeah. at that amateur record. The amateur record is freaking stellar. You did amazing work, undefeated as an amateur, all finishes. What are you planning to show in this bounce back fight as a pro? Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at my skills, man. Everything, you know. I good amateur career in my pro debut. I still don't got an excuse excuse for it but i mean if they're looking at that fight is can that guy's gonna show up if they're looking at that fight in my opinion they shouldn't even be watching because i didn't feel myself there which is part of the game but i'm looking to just bounce back and show the true fighter that i am and you know i've looked so much since then even with a loss you know like in the last eight months or so i've just it's so much to my game that i'm ready to show yeah we can't wait to see man obviously our listeners aren't super familiar with your work you know we we are a little more familiar with justin Patton, of course being the local fighter what can they expect yeah. from you what's your style like inside the cage i mean i love to i just love to fight i'm i'm gonna fight everywhere i know i'm not a local guy it's gonna you know he's he's the local guy so the crowd's gonna be with him but uh, i mean if you love violence you're gonna love me i can guarantee that so this fight's gonna be it's gonna be violent i guarantee that someone's getting put up for sure Mark my words. That's fantastic, man. What's your combat background? You know, when did you start fighting? What What was the first discipline that you started learning? I started with wrestling. So I grew up, I wrestled in high school as well as in university up here in Canada. And then I transitioned to MMA straight from there. Nice. What was that transition like in MMA? I mean, we obviously, we have a very strong wrestling base here in pennsylvania particularly around pittsburgh wrestling is huge mm -hmm. here and we see a lot of fighters go straight from wrestling into the cage and yeah. some of them struggle with that transition some of them just transition seamlessly and it's perfect what, what was it like for you i mean yeah it was it was pretty smooth to be honest because i was more of a tenacious you know so it was and i want 
wanted to fight the entire i mean if i lost a match i was thinking about how i could whoop the guy's ass off the mat so it made sense just to get right into fighting and do it do it for real that's awesome man i love that what do you remember your first ever fist fight even like i'm talking about even you know fighting on a playground or fighting with your siblings or something like that yeah i mean yeah as a kid i, I fought all the time like that's what we do as kids you know we you argue with your friends i fought i fought my own friends well i love my siblings and then you know and boom i was fighting everybody it seemed like <laughs> as soon as there was a problem i was like all right i'm down to fight so i mean i've always loved fighting i've been a fan of the sport i just love to fight period you know so i can't wait for april 16th hey Devin, we can't wait either i'm ryan with 247 and uh well, we're we're look really looking forward and really excited to have you on the card. As we, uh, you know, a lot of times when we are, are recruiting guys and looking at people, we, you know, I noticed Ontario, and I always, you know, just assume, you know, Toronto or like just north of Toronto in that in that general area. But then when we looked at Thunder Bay, we were like, whoa, he's pretty far. How did uh, yeah how. How, how did it come to be that you decided, hey, this is this is the opportunity I want to jump all over? I mean, it's just any anywhere I'm. You know, I've been looking for fights. I've had guys turn down fights, say this, say that about fights. So, I mean, with this one, as soon as I started talking to Ryan, I didn't want to get excited because I was like, I don't even know if this guy's going to want to fight. But, you know, he's, he's game. He signed the contract, and I got respect for him for that because there was there's been a lot of guys that, haven't been saying my name in the shows that I've been trying to get on. So, I mean, so I have a lot of respect to Justin and his team for taking this fight, to be honest. Absolutely. I, I know there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of times you can look back on a, on your career and, and, and you don't really regret certain things, but you look back and you say, man, I probably shouldn't have done this or probably shouldn't have done that. You, you had four straight amateur fights and then COVID happened. You won all four of them. And then you and then you made your debut, but you had almost a two-year layoff. Like was, and 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 then you ended up like coming up short in that fight. Do you have any like, hey, mate, you know, it's all gonna work out for the best, but like if I could do it all over again, I'd do something different. I mean, no, to be honest, no. Like in a perfect world, I have COVID wouldn't happened. I would have maybe had one or two more amateur fights. I would have felt like I felt like in my pro debut, I just felt a little bit of the cage rust. I didn't feel as sharp as I as I thought I was going to. And then if you, if you watch that full fight at the end of the fight, I was about to finish the guy. If that would have went one more round, it'd be one and oh as a pro. So I just felt like it just kind of, you know, I just couldn't get my timing down early and then it started to come back. And then, you know, so I'm grateful for that opportunity. It was a, it was a good fight and a good learning experience and, you know, losses are part of the game. So I'm not going to shy away from defeat ever. I mean, I'm just happy to get back in there and show more of my, my skills on April 16th. That's great, man. We can't wait for that. It's really interesting to hear you describe that because Justin, your opponent, actually had the same ordeal with his pro debut. He lost really quickly, got submitted quickly, kind of got caught. And after that fight, he was even saying, you know, I was super upset that I didn't get to elbow somebody. He's been waiting to throw a legal elbow for so long. He barely even got a strike off in that fight. Mm -hmm. So he finally got his revenge and his bounce back fight. So you guys share a common experience there battling back from adversity. You know, what 
What have you seen from Justin so far in your research? I'm sure you guys are watching tape and all that stuff. What do you like about him as an opponent? I mean, I think he comes forward. You know, he brings like he doesn't back up too much. You know, he's forward. He looks. It looks like he likes to grapple. That looks like his background to me. Like I haven't been able to watch too many of the amateur fights. I watch both his pro fights. You know, and he likes to get the get the takedown, try to grind guys out, get a submission, and I respect that. I mean, good luck. Good luck is all I got to say. Like trying to take me down and hold me down is one thing. Finishing me is a whole another fucking thing. So I mean, he he'll be lucky if he could take me down once. Never mind, finish me. So, I mean, but I, but at the end of the day too, I know that this is, it's a fight and stuff. I have a lot of respect for their team and obviously for your guys' promotion as well. But with that being said, like I'm coming here to hurt this guy as badly as possible and get this win at all costs. Do you do a lot of visualization? Like, do you visualize the fights? Yeah. Yeah, of course. You know, everything it's, that's the, the thing I love most about going into new promotions and fighting different places is like, just that surprise element of it. You know, I'm sure for Justin, it's a little bit more at home for him. He's made that walk there. Everything's new to me, but I, I love the new experience. I love the challenge of that. So I can't wait. You know, I've just from watching some of the fights in your guys' promotion and looking at the arena, I've been able to kind of visualize what it's going to look like. But I mean, once I get down there is when, you know, the true work will happen. No, that's beautiful, man. I love hearing that. Love that you're already scoping it out and visualizing and everything. That's huge for so many fighters. I know your fellow Canadian, George St. Pierre, was huge on that when he was in the UFC. He said he would go through the fights in his head a million times before they actually happened. So is GSP yeah. kind of a – is he a hero of your – who are some of your favorite fighters that you look up to? Um, George George is definitely one of them. I've trained with George several times at TriStar. Uh, which is amazing to learn from a guy like that. And he's just such a good human being. So like, who doesn't love that guy? Canadian, American, it doesn't matter. But I mean, I'm a fan of lots of fighters. You know, I like, I'm not to say I really look up to anyone because I'm on my own journey. I'm really focused on myself. But I mean, there's lots of guys that I love to learn from um, and watch. And, you know, all the, all the greats are up there. So there's not one in particular, but I mean, I love fighting. So I love all the styles. So there, there's not one particular, like if someone were to watch a UFC fight and like see a style of a fighter, like who would you kind of say, well, that kind of like feels like me. Mm, I mean, let me, th yeah, it's, that's a tough one. I mean, I've been asked it before. It's hard to put an exact fighter on it. Cause I feel like every, every fighter is unique in their case, but I mean, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. That that one's a tough one to answer, like a spirit, but I mean, because I'm just trying to be my own self and, you know, I'm a blend of a bunch of fighters. So, I mean, maybe this fight you guys will watch and you guys can let me know who you remind me of. In, in my book, the correct answer that everyone should say is Nick Diaz. That's the, that's the right answer. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely have, I have a pressure style. I loved and, you know, I love to come forward and fight and just make the fight happen. Even if, you know, if I got a guy that's willing to run, I'll chase him and I'll make it a fight. So that's why every fight I've been in, and I'm probably the same with this one. It's always when it gets closer, everyone's always like, this is the fight you got to watch. This is the fight. Every single one I'm involved. Never a boring fight. I guarantee that. Nothing's going to change on April 16th. Who, who was the fighter that um, was doing the, the running man? And the it was uh, Nate Quarry. Nate Quarry versus... Yeah. Caleb Starnes. Starnes, yeah. That's right. Got you. UFC yeah. history. <laughs> that was yeah, crazy. Yeah. That was an insane fight. Yeah. That was but 
Yeah, I wanted to give you credit, Devin, while while we got you here, man. Like in terms of working with fighters, you've been super professional and super excited. We can tell that you're excited about this fight just with how yeah. quickly you've done your paperwork. You're always responsive. You've been posting about yeah. it. You're asking us about the pay-per-view. There's a lot of signs yeah. to me and to us as promoters that say this guy's excited to fight. He's ready to roll. What It seems like you have a lot of hometown support, a big fan base back home. What does that feel like to know that you'll be representing, you know, your team and your family and friends back home? It's amazing, man. As a kid, I would have never imagined that I'd be being able to fight in shows, you know, all over the place, North America to start and hopefully all over the world one day. So, I mean, just it's it's amazing. You know, I represent my gym, everyone I train with, you know, and everyone around the gym is excited for this fight, man. They can't wait to see me perform and bring in all that energy down to Pittsburgh. So. Man, it feels it feels amazing. You know, this is what I love to do. And when what you were talking about before, like the professional aspect of it, you know, I'm a professional in and out of the cage. You know, like I take care of everything, promote the fights, do everything right. And I when I when it comes time to fight, I show up to fight no matter what. Well, we definitely appreciate that, man. We're excited to watch you do work. Like we like we said, you know, we've messaged you this in private. I'll just I'm comfortable telling everybody out there can hear it. Like we know this is a banger matchup. Like you and Justin are a killer matchup. We're really excited for this one, man. You guys are gonna gonna match up extremely well, and the fans just they can't miss this one, man. So after talking to you today, I'm even more excited, man. I love where your head's at. I'm excited to see your style inside the cage, man. And just thanks again for being a part of the show. Yeah, man, absolutely. Great having me on. For sure, brother. You got any sponsors or anything you want to plug before you hop off? I mean, I got a bunch of bunch of stuff but i don't have it all with me so i don't want to run through it like unorganized uh so i'm because i'm still just putting a little last couple pieces of stuff together but uh so i'm just gonna not say anything with that now so i don't want to make anyone feel like they were left out but uh just tune into the fight if you'll see everything you need to see there that's awesome. See, that's how that polite Canadian in him right there didn't want to leave anybody behind. I love it. Send us send us a list of your sponsors if you want, Devin. We'll promote them for you on our on our when we yeah. edit this up and everything. We can send another clip out with your sponsors. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Of course, man. Thanks again for joining, dude. And we'll see you in April. Can't wait. Yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Yes, sir. All right, brother. Thanks for joining us, bro. Yeah, thanks, bro. Oh man, I like that guy already, dude. That, that I mean, you, you love the style of Justin, right? Everyone's familiar with that. That's where you know a majority of our listeners are familiar with Justin. They've seen him fight. They've seen his intensity. They've seen his, you know, and and he's putting so many tools. He's adding. He's still so young. He's been fighting so long, and he's still so young. It's crazy. And then. Um, he's putting new tools in the toolbox. And then you got a, another guy who's a complete killer, undefeated amateur, made his debut after a two-year layoff. He's ready to make amends for a loss. Like, this is a showdown. And I I, I can't believe that um, I, I, it's, a, it's an explosion waiting to happen, man. It really is. I love when I'm listening to him describe his fight style and his mentality and everything. I just can't help but feel like he's almost describing Justin Patton, right? Like, like we yeah. really, we really found Patton versus Patton, or apparently Lose versus Lose, however you want to put it. But he sounds so ready, you know, wherever the fight goes, and that's just for me 
as a fight fan. That's what I want to see because Justin Patton's very much that kind of well-rounded guy. Um, it's funny, Ryan, my buddy Tony that comes to the fights from Cincinnati, he was asking me before the last fight card, he's like, what's, what's Patton's style? And I'm like, he fights. <laughs> you know, what do you say? He's not really a wrestler. He's not really a submission grappler. He's not really a striker, but he's really good at all three of those things. Like, I'm not sure what his emphasis is actually. And, and Devin sounds exactly the same, man. So that fight, I was already excited about it, but now after talking to Devin about it, went, kicked it up a notch for me, man. I, I, I could not agree more, man. These two are going to be, I mean, this is one of four, barn burner pro bouts like truly i don't know if you if you're tuning in and you haven't seen the announcement from yesterday about the main event it's going to be insane it's 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 just a fight card i mean we were talking amongst ourselves and, and we were like i think without a doubt this is you know our our best fight card ever it, it kind of has to be, man, when you look at it. I mean, we, we mentioned it as soon as the main event was announced. That's the best main event we've ever had. You know, it's literally UFC vet Kama Worthy versus Bellator vet Kahim Murray. I mean, it's UFC versus Bellator. It's two of the highest level guys that you'll find regionally. And, man, I hate, you know, I, I hate to pat ourselves on the back and things, but it feels really good when people recognize that because that Instagram comment that we got – Yesterday, the guy said a UFC vet versus a Bellator vet. You never see that regionally. Good job, guys. And it wasn't somebody in our immediate circle, man. It was just a, a fight fan out there that saw the post and gave props. So it felt good. You know, I'm not I'm not afraid to shy away from some praise every now and then. It felt good to have somebody recognize that and truly understand what a rare bout that is on a regional level. And and ultimately, like we have a team of people that work for two four seven. We have a you know the two of us, and and we have um, a, a, some a team of people that help put matches together. And we just recently added on a couple people. Jim has done such a great job matching, um, but we have so many opportunities that we, we we have other opportunities for people to come on board. And we brought on Danny Palm, who is uh, a local. Um, he's actually one of my son's wrestling coaches, and has been to our shows and has helped out and done all that stuff. And, and uh, he showed a great interest in helping match. And he actually was the one who matched comma. And so we're super stoked. That was his, you know, coming on just recently and having his first bout that he's matched. And so shout out to Danny Palm. Great job putting this bout together. Um, you know, you saw the post we've, we searched long and hard for an opponent for comma and, we're, we're really happy to, you know, have two complete, complete fighters and absolute studs in Kahim Murray and Kama Worthy to do battle. You know, Bellator versus UFC, Philly versus Pittsburgh. Like, it has all the storylines. It has the making of a historic bout. Like, if you like intense bouts, like <laughs> April 16th, main event, be at the Monroe Book Convention Center because there's the intensity is going to be off the charts. And the, like you said, man, there's a lot on the line for both guys too. It's not like Kama wants to ride into the sunset or anything either. He's looking for that next shot at the big show. He wants to get right back where he was in the UFC, PFL, Bellator, wherever it may be. And ditto for Kahim. You know, you could say the exact same same thing about him. For our listeners out there, a little spoiler alert, I actually talked to 
Kahim earlier today. So that podcast will air at a later date. It won't be live, but I got an awesome probably 30, 25, 30 minute talk in with Kahim and he is dialed in, man. He's he sounds ready to go. He's super excited about this matchup in particular. And he was saying the same thing in that he wants to get back. He just he fought Kimbo Slice's son, Kevin Ferguson Jr. in Bellator in his last fight, beat him decidedly 30 27s on all three scorecards and he wants to get back there you know he he wants back that bellator shine he's he's 32 years old feels like he's just now hitting his stride it's going to be awesome man that fight is sick i think after talking to kahim just like after talking to devin i got even more excited about it because yeah kahim just dialed in kahim's definitely hitting his stride he's uh you know Going back and forth with you know great win and and close loss and and kind of had that going back and forth and he's hitting his stride. Both these guys are still in their prime, and both of them have great aspirations. And we're we're so happy. Like this is the type of fight that happens on a bigger stage. It really is. Right. And and both of these guys, you talk about like UFC versus Bellator. Both of, these aren't guys that like just had an undercard fight for the like this is guys who have won fights in these organizations have been like successful and uh, you know it's a you know kahim now lives in texas he just recently moved there but he's from philly and the whole philly pittsburgh uh matchup it's phenomenal it's it's everything like when we put when danny put this bout together and I can't give him enough credit. Like, dude, that, like, so proud of him. Um, when he put this bout together, as we dug further into the bout and further, like, it's just such a beautiful bout. It has it really, all the making of everything you want, want out of a bout. No, 100% true, man. And I think it's funny you keep giving Danny props, which he absolutely deserves, but he, it feels like a guy got called up to the majors and hit a home run in his first at bat, right? Like what about for your first bout ever to match, you matched comma after we invested, how many hours did we collectively invest in that matchup? And it's crazy, crazy to think of, but it was funny to hear you talk about Kahim's career and that great win, close loss. He would kind of alternate when you're saying that, I can't help but think that that sounds a lot like Kama's career, right? Especially at the age of 32. Like it took Kama until what many would consider the later stages of his career until he really hit his stride, got that UFC opportunity, won in the UFC. Like some guys just develop a little later and really start stringing it together. And it feels like Kahim could be on that cusp right now. Like maybe this is his moment. Maybe this is his Kama worthy coming into his own moment. I don't know. But I know on April 16th, we're going to find out. Well, see, I'd argue the opposite. I'd argue that it's the exception is when someone isn't hitting their pride in their early 30s. The exception is when you're in your like mid 20s and you're ready for the UFC. Most guys that debut in the UFC in their mid 20s, they're not ready to to see the level that that that's at. And a lot of times, those those the random phenoms, the John Joneses, like the freaks, like they're the exception. Most guys that are ready for UFC or like a high level of MMA, um, MMA at its highest levels, they're they're most of the time they're close to thirty. Yeah, no, that's pretty true, man. I think it's interesting to to kind of digest to go through to look at. I would love to see some stats on that and everything. And I would also love to see some recent trends. You know, this is something that I haven't thought of until I joined the two four seven team, but 
it feels like guys are being more careful with their careers nowadays than I expected in terms of choosing smart matches and turning down fights, things like that, that I, I wasn't anticipating so much of that. So I wonder if that could be playing into as well, you know, some of these these older guys that were just smart about their careers or on the flip side, not smart about their careers early on and would just fight everybody. That could be contributing too. I don't know. Yeah, I think there's got to be a happy medium. I think I, I think there are a lot of guys that don't want to take risks. Like, in all honesty, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat this. It should be a lot easier to match comma. He has a. a I, I don't think a guy who a guy who has UFC aspirations and has offered this fight. I don't think that there's a lot to lose on paper. I mean, you could lose consciousness, sure. You could face, like, but as far as like, I don't think there's a lot to lose. You know, if you're seven and two, and you have a, you know, there's no difference being seven and two or seven and three with a loss to a former UFC. Like, there's no difference. There's not. Yeah. You don't have a lot to lose, but there's a heck of a lot of difference in being eight and two versus a. UFC vet and you know not and so these those are defining moments I personally and I was just talking about this to someone the other day like I don't see there I mean outside of the fear of getting beat up or like getting punched in the face like you chose a sport where you're going to get beat up and punched in the face like outside of that there's not much to lose on paper and and that's the path that a lot of people took to get if you want to take what Kama has, he took that path. He took a lot of losses along the way. He didn't walk into the UFC with one loss. Like, you know, he, he had like seven or eight losses at the time, six or seven losses, something like that. So, I mean, he, he figured it out. That's how he figured it out, by taking fights and going in there and putting his best foot forward and then figuring out where the holes were and plugging them. It's absolutely crazy, too. I'm sure, you know, a lot of guys locally know this, but for people maybe not as familiar, if you go look at Kama Worthy's career, go look at his topology, go look at his early losses, Paul Felder, Kyle Nelson, Billy Quarantillo, it's all guys who eventually got to the UFC anyway. <laughs> like it, It's absolutely insane when you look at Kama's early career. The losses he were taking were incredibly high-level losses, and I think that's why, you know, after Kama's last fight, against Jeremiah Scott. And even in the lead up to that fight, he kept saying there's levels to this, there's levels to this. That's exactly what he's speaking about. Like, sure, I've got a lot of losses on my resume if you want to look at it as a number. But if you actually dig into those losses you, and, and think about it and process them for what they are, you'll see what the level is right here. It's totally different than just that number that you see. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, if you, if you want to position yourself this isn't boxing. This isn't like a loss sets you back five years. Like a loss means you get the chance to explore the holes and, and, and get them worked on. Um, and that's the way you have to go into these things. And ultimately some guys do, some guys don't. And you know, you, you get, you get guys that pad their records and then they get a big opportunity and then they get embarrassed. And right. if you've been down that path before, you're not going to go in and get embarrassed. You're going to, going in you'll have seen that level before mm -hmm. i mean Success it's exactly no you'll have you'll have fought guys that are at that level and to just 
think you're going to all of a sudden be able to turn it on and face competition that's at a whole nother level and be competitive is, yeah, that's not realistic. No, it, it just doesn't work that way. And sticking with the theme of this podcast and the guest, you know, Devin Lose, just look at him and Justin Patton. They're perfect examples. Both lost their pro debut. Devin certainly doesn't sound discouraged. He doesn't seem like that loss set him back too far. If anything, it only motivated him more and is going yeah. to make him a better fighter moving forward. Like that's the way to take a loss. Yep, that's when you that's how you figure out if you're really like if you really want to do this. You don't when everything's going great, it's easy to put a smile on your face. Is are are you gonna do that when you face adversity for the first time? Are you gonna do that? Like, and that's that's where you're gonna see, like, is this for me or is this not? And this is clearly what he wants to do. And that yeah. was clearly what Justin wants to do. Justin finished his his uh his amateur career with a really tough undefeated fighter in Cam Algar lost that. He didn't let it deter him from going pro. He lost two in a row then and came back on fire. Like I'm ready to burn this, burn this ship down and, uh, and we'll see what happens in a second. Like, can you string together two wins in a row and get back in that or, is Devin picking up his first win? Like you're gonna have to buy your tickets at 247fighting.com in order to know. <laughs> nice. Well, we are stoked for it, man. It's right here in Monroeville, which is the perfect tie-in for our filming location today. We're gonna shout them out one more time. Big Rigs Barbecue. They fed us well. I'm surprised we stayed awake during this podcast, Ryan, because I, I kind of got a meat coma going on right now. They uh they loaded up the family platter for us, brisket, ribs, turkey, pork belly, pork belly burn ends, kibasi. It's all still sitting in front of you. I don't know it's, how you're just staring at that stuff still. I, I'm on a different table now. See, look at this. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's, oh, it's on a blur. Like, yeah. yeah. But so. I'm feasting out here. It is. It was phenomenal barbecue, guys. I mean – just this hidden gem series, you know, this isn't this isn't paid for and everything. That was the owner Josh right there giving me a little fist bump on the way out. This this isn't sponsored. Like nothing about this is sponsored or paid for. We come in, we buy our food. So our reviews are one hundred percent honest. And I'm telling you guys, I'm a big barbecue guy. I've been to Texas so many times, eating so much Texas barbecue. If you want good barbecue in Pittsburgh, you gotta come out to Big Rigs in Monroeville, guys. I mean it's the brisket is the best brisket I've had in Pittsburgh at a restaurant by far. The ribs are amazing. I would go brisket and ribs, but everything on this platter was just nuts. You're you're spoiling the full video review next week. No, that's all right. I got plenty in the tank. I always got I always got more words for good barbecue, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean and pictures too, since you didn't try that up even though I tried stalling for you. Bro. I had it. No, and I had it. But for some reason, when I went to share my screen, it said um, screen sharing denied. I need to open my system preferences and allow screen. It was this whole thing for some reason. I don't know why it rebooted me bro, with that. I've shared fail. my screen a million times here before, but thanks, technology. You guys will have to wait for the brisket pictures and the ribs pictures and all that goodness on Monday. But we will get you then. Thanks for listening to another edition. Devin. Lose, I think I said it right that time, was amazing. It was awesome catching up with him. He fights Justin Patton April 16th on the pro portion of the Brawl in the Berg 11 fight card at the Monroeville Convention Center. Tickets at 247fighting.com. More announcements More announcements coming next week. Every like Monday, Tuesday, we're going to have announcements, fight announcements. We haven't announced all the fights yet, so 
get ready. We have more coming. We're trying to put a couple more together too. Hopefully, Jim and and Helen and and Danny Palm uh, can get can get a couple more sets. So, um, hey, oh, shout out! Listen, if if you are looking to fight, we got a great card, April sixteenth. Bouts that are you know immediate needs that top of my head. We need a three and zero heavyweight amateur. These are all amateur. A four and two. 145 or 140 amateur and um what 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 am i leaving off 140 debut 140 debut there's some other ones too um so if you're looking to get on a card we have amateur spots available the pro portion is completely full but we do have some amateur spots so let us know uh you can message us on our facebook or our instagram uh we'll, we'll look forward to hearing from you Let's do it. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Another live one next Friday. Like I said, my Big Rigs review will be live Monday. So stay tuned for that. And then uh, we'll see you guys then. A lot of exciting stuff coming down the pipe. So we can't wait. Shout out Cheyenne Hall. What's up? Cheyenne Hall. There you go, girl. <laughs>